Hey friends, welcome back to the Love and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Faleta, and I'm so glad you're tuning into these candid conversations about love, sex, dating, singleness, and marriage. For those of you who don't know me or are tuning in for the first time, I'm a licensed professional counselor and author specializing in relationship issues. I also run the relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, reaching millions of people with the message that healthy people make healthy relationships. If you've tuned into the podcast before, you know it's a hotline style show, meaning people call in or write in with their relationship questions, and I answer them on this show in short, practical, bite-sized answers. If you have a question that you want me to answer on the show, send it via email or voice memo to deborah at truelovedates.com or check out my podcast page, truelovedates.com slash love and relationships, and I'll do my best to get it answered on one of the episodes. So let's get started. We are back with part three of Protecting Your Marriage podcast episodes. John Faleda, my sweet husband, has been joining me on this podcast, talking through some of the ways that we personally protect our marriage from intruders, ways that we set boundaries around our relationship. Part one of this series, we talked about protecting our emotions. Part two, we talked about protecting our interactions Today, we are talking about the quietest of intruders, the one that's hardly getting noticed, but it's destroying so many marriages and families, the intruder of our time and how important it is to protect our time. Time is our most valuable commodity, right, hun? Exactly. You never get it back and it's so easily gone. It's so easily gone and, and and it's permanently gone and it should be invested in people that we love, the people that we cherish the most, God, number one, and our families. But unfortunately, that's not how it always plays out. I mean, this sounds like a no-brainer, right? Using your time to invest in your marriage, to grow in your marriage. And I think a lot of people assume because you're married, you're together often, But believe it or not, you can be together without actually being together at all. Earlier, we talked about how the majority of couples reported, majority of married couples reported that they have quality conversation less than 60 minutes a week. If you break that down, that's like less than 10 minutes a day. Unbelievable. So you can be together without actually being together at all. I mean, even today, we took our kids out to eat. And I always love looking around, and it's unbelievable. If you just, next time you go out to eat, look around, pretty much every table is on their phones. Yeah. Like, you look around, no couples are looking eye to eye, holding hands, talking, like everyone's on their phone, as if you're not even out with someone, which is unbelievable. It's crazy. It's a it's a different world that we live in now with social media, technology, phones, having these little distraction devices at our fingertips and having to figure out, you know, how to, how to navigate real life versus social media life and set boundaries for that kind of thing. But the number one thing that slips away is your time, you know, um, time can slip away with that type of stuff. It can slip away with just separate hobbies and activities. It can slip away with the demands of crazy schedules and running kids around here and there being involved in too many things, 
You can be in the same room without even investing in one another. Like these days, like one person could be on Netflix, the other person's on their laptop, you know, like there's so many things that pull us away from each other with our time and how we use it rather than bringing us toward one another. And time ends up slipping away like sand between your fingers. Like you just can't get it back. Let's just talk on about some of the just general life demands about work, having kids, responsibilities. Like what does that look like today in the average marriage? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I work full time, you know, you're, you're full time doing your thing. We have three kids. I mean, life definitely gets busy. And I think something we've learned early on in our marriage is that every single time we say yes to one thing, it means we're saying no to something else. And it could be as basic as, you know, you know, Eli wants to play soccer. Okay. We're going to sign up for soccer. Guess what? There's like one night a week for the next three months gone. If we make that decision, which, which adds up to a lot of time. Um, you know, personally for me, you know, the last 10 years, my job has been really demanding at times. Um, you know, there's times when I was working 80, a hundred, 120 hours a week where, I mean, I could barely stay awake. I mean, there, there's some pictures of me with, you know, our kids as babies. And <laughs> pretty I'm like, much all, uh, pretty <laughs> much Ella's first year of life, you're asleep at like every photo. Yeah. I'm literally sleeping on the couch and like holding the baby, which I don't know how safe it was, but. She you were laying down okay. usually. It was okay. Yes. And I was usually somewhere close by taking a close, picture. You were close by documenting it. But I mean, practically, like th- those were times where I literally only had time to work, eat, sleep, and then a little time with my family. So which meant that during those times, I had no hobbies, no interest. There was time for nothing except for my wife and kids, because I didn't have any margin in my life at that time. And, it, and, and thankfully that time has gone. Yeah. It wasn't but, a permanent place. Yeah. And I would never recommend being in a permanent place. Like that was right. a very set. I, I, I'm an eye surgeon and that was during my residency where I knew it was a set time, especially one year was going to be horrific. And then it got much better. Right. And so, so, you know, part of it was me choosing a career where I actually knew I'd have a great lifestyle with my family and love what I do. Um, but part of the way I had to work hard. And so part of that was realizing, you know, during those times I had no hobbies because I didn't have the time to allow me to be a hobby. And you might be sitting there saying, you know, I just need to unplug. I just need to relax. Like I'm all for, you know, we all need to de-stress. We all need to unplug at some point. But if you don't have enough margin in your life to unplug and invest in your family, then you got to figure out a way to unplug with your family. Right. That's got to be part of the process. And, And also, if you're in that type of season, like... Like you said, that can't be a permanent season for yeah, for mental health, for emotional health, for family health, for marriage health. That can't be a permanent season. It can't be a permanent that. solution. There's no way to sustain that. Yeah, there's got to be margin in your life. And interesting thing about hobbies, I asked a thousand married people to tell me, do you spend your hobbies together? Like, do you spend a majority of your free time doing hobbies together? And most of them, majority said no. They do not spend their free time together. They are interested in separate hobbies and separate interests. And while I think it's okay for you to have separate hobbies and interests, I mean, 
you love woodworking and I don't really like woodworking, right? That's like, I would say a separate hobby and interest. But for the most part, the things that take up our time, the majority of our time, we have learned to invest in things together, to have hobbies together, to do things together, to learn about each other's hobbies so that we can actually spend time together when we have that free time. And that's something that the majority of people aren't actually doing. Which is unbelievable because every, you know, you, it's just like you talk about in love at every season. There's so many strings that every string you, you put between you and your spouse is just a stronger connection. And so hobbies is one great way where you can connect even more. I mean, even for me, like I used to love watching sports when I was younger, I played tons of sports. I was, uh, really into basically any sport. Um, and just as time has gone on, you know, I just didn't have time. So I've stopped watching. It's kind of funny because what was it, Ella, when we were talking about, we're going to, we might watch some of the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. The, our kids, <laughs> a few years ago, we introduced them to the Super Bowl for the first time. And, um, they were like, Super Bowl, what's that? Are they going to be bowling? Is this bowling? Because they heard the it's word bowl. We're like, oh my so word, funny. we are like so behind <laughs> with introducing our kids to yeah. sports because that's not a thing in our life right now. We just don't have, the, we have decided that we need to make margin in our life. We need to have that margin so that we can spend quality time with our family so that we can invest in each other. We can invest in our marriage. And for us personally, certain things have not made the cut. And for us, sports hasn't made the cut, but books have and reading has and plays and theater have. Like there's certain things that have and certain things that haven't. And for you, you've got to decide what can make the cut. What do you have the time for? And what don't you have the time for? Um, Because you, you can't do it all and expect to have a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage. You can only do a few things well, like I like to say. So what are the few things that you're going to choose to invest in? And how is that investment going to impact your marriage? And how is that investment impacting your family? And is that investment drawing you together with your spouse? Or are the things you're investing in pulling you away from your family? I think that's a legitimate question to ask, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's just something you have to look at your week. I mean, you can tell pretty quickly, you know, if you go golf Saturday morning and you're gone for four hours and then you go out to lunch with your friends, five, six, I mean, you're gone six hours from a, of your two days off of the weekend. That's a pretty significant time to be away from your family. That being said, if you love golf, you know, I have patients who, you know, the wife will tell me she's into golf. And I was like, oh, how'd you get into golf? She's like, well, my husband loved it. And that way we did it together in the weekends. Yeah. So they chose a way to, to do six hours together. And for me, I mean, that's the same way. Like we'll sit on the couch together and I'll tell you ideas I have for the website or like right now I'm working on some new quizzes that I think people will really enjoy taking at, at the website. Um, so I self-taught myself web design and programming. Right. And with YouTube nowadays, you can learn anything you want. You know, there's any, literally anything you, if you want to learn how to solve a Rubik's cube in under two minutes, it's easy. It's out there. You know, Which you have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's true. I mean, there's so many ways for you to take that next step in connecting with what your spouse is interested in and what they're learning about and what they're doing. And, and for some of you, maybe that's such a, such a huge stretch. Like you're like, forget it. I'm not going to learn about golf. Well, what are some interests that you can do together 
Last week, John and I were on vacation and we went kayaking for the first time and we loved it. And we're like, we should do more of this as a family. We should do more of this as a couple. Like this is something we both love, a shared interest that you can invest in those shared interests. It's like kind of like a Venn diagram. What are those shared interests that you have? How can you increase those shared interests and learn from each other and connect those strings of attachment through how you're spending your time and what you're doing with your time and how you're investing in your hobbies. And, you know, let's go back to the technology, social media thing for a minute. Um, because man, I think we could all, well, except you, cause you don't have it, but I think all of well, us uh, out there, all of us out there, the rest of us human beings have problems with social media. Like it's so easy to be on our phones, checking Instagram or checking emails or whatever, um, during times when you could be connecting with people that you love face to face. And so having those boundaries is really important. Um, and, and for us, we've even had times where we're like, okay, this is a no phone time, like put phones away. We're just focused on each other. We're focused on our family. When we're on dates, for example, that's a no phone time. We don't get our phones out on dates. We're just investing in our quality time with one another. Um, certain times of the week when we're with the kids, it's just no phone times. Because if you don't do that, this stuff starts seeping into your everyday life. It becomes a habit. It becomes an addiction. And you find that you're replacing these intimate relationships with inanimate things, things that don't actually matter. We're giving our time to the inanimate instead of giving it to the intimate, the things that matter, the people that matter. Um, and, and so, man, taking inventory of where our time is going is important. A lot of our friends and the people that know us the most call us no people, right, hun? We're, we're no people. Explain we're that definitely one. definitely no people. That well, sounds terrible, not, right? Yeah. It's not no, like we'll never hang out with you. It's no that they know there's a good chance we'll say no to things that come certain times of the week, or if it's when it's our family time. Or if, if there's a, or if it's just a random thing, like, Hey, we, we want you to come join us for this or that we're okay saying no, because just like we were saying earlier, you know, everything you say yes to is no to something else. Right. So if I say yes to someone else for a random thing, that's, you know, there, there are times when God tells me to say yes. You know, if someone's life needs to be invested in, or I need to support someone there's or Holy help Spirit someone yeses for or, sure. or, or serve people, that's definitely a yes, you know, yeah. and, and there's ways to do all that as a family too, but there, there's definitely yeses, but there's a lot of no's like, no, we don't have time or no, unfortunately we already had something planned. A lot of the excess that we really are exactly. out of our life. And, and it's funny because sometimes you say yes, because you're embarrassed or you feel bad. You don't want to, you don't want to make someone feel bad. But what's interesting is you're making somebody else not feel bad at the expense of the people closest to you feeling bad. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I'm saying yes to this coworker. I'm just going to go to this fundraising event they asked me to go to because I feel bad. I should show up. But then you're saying no to the people who mean the most to you, which would be spending time with your family, spending time with your wife, spending time with your kids, spending time with your husband. 
And, and, and sometimes because we're so comfortable with those cl- people closest to us, we'll allow ourselves to sacrifice in that area instead of sacrificing in the areas that really don't matter that much because we're embarrassed or we're afraid to say no, or we just don't have the courage or we don't want to make people feel bad. Yeah. Um, so it's important to really take inventory of why we're afraid to say no and why it's such a struggle and what's the root of that. You know, if we're, if it's just a people pleasing thing, um, like what is at the root of our difficulty to say no when we need to say no and to prioritize our time and to see it as one of our most valuable commodities, um, something that we can't get back and be deliberate about how we're investing it in each other and in our marriage. Um, so, you know, as we're wrapping up this series, um, 1 Corinthians 13.7 reminds us, it's, it's the love chapter in the Bible, and it reminds us that love always protects and I just love that reminder. Like mm-hmm. when you love and when you are truly loved, there is protection there. Like you have to be deliberate about protecting what God has given you. And that is your marriage and the family that flows from that. Protecting your marriage isn't just something that happens naturally. In fact, what usually happens is the opposite, a lack of protection. What usually happens is things that start coming in and intruding on your relationship. Like I always say, the natural trajectory of marriage is drift, drifting apart, not having boundaries, being loose with how you spend your time, your interactions, your emotions. And all of a sudden these things are drifting and you're like, how did I get here? But that's the natural trajectory. You've got to fight against the drift. You've got to work against the drift to stay close and to stay intimate and to stay connected. And that happens when you learn to set boundaries, when you learn to protect what God has given you, when you learn to take ownership of protecting your love and see your responsibility and role in that. And and as we're talking to you about these three things that we do, our challenge to you is to evaluate ways that you can protect your emotions, your interactions, and your time and how that can look as it plays out in your relationship. For sure. And and we're not saying that we have it perfect and all figured out and we're still growing and learning and each year in our marriage, you know, we 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 find newer and deeper ways to connect. And, and we've show learned each other these things love. out of necessity, right? It's not oh, because it's sure. just for fun. Like we've learned oh, yeah. we've got to do this stuff to fight the drift. And I can tell you, if you protect your marriage and live with true vulnerability, it's on like I would not trade anything in the world for my marriage. Like my love for Deb is unfathomable how deep it is because of all that we've been through and just the openness we have for each other. And it's incredible. It's the best feeling in the world. It is. I love you so much too. And I'm just so grateful for the relationship that God has given us, the work that we've put into it, his grace to allow us to do this work. And guys, I wouldn't be teaching and preaching healthy marriage and healthy relationships. I wouldn't be talking the talk if I wasn't walking the walk. I am so grateful for the gift of a healthy marriage, the gift of an amazing husband, the gift of a marriage that gives you more blessing in your life than burden. That is a gift. That is a precious gift. And and I want 
all of you to be able to experience that. I have seen God work in our life and in our marriage. I have seen God work through us as He's removed our sin and struggles, as He's sanctified each one of us, as He's brought us closer to each other, as He's used each one of us to sharpen the other and get out all the ugliness and exchange it for God's beauty, for God's grace. Man, it is life changing. It is Mm -hmm. the most beautiful thing. And so we teach and preach this stuff because we believe it. We're living the joy of a healthy marriage. And we really have learned that the work of a healthy marriage is so worth it in the end. It's so worth it. It's so worth the joys in the end. So, So guys, we are so grateful for you, our listeners. I hope you got a glimpse into a little bit of our relationship and kind of the things that we do to keep our marriage healthy, to keep ourselves close to one another, to keep ourselves connected. There's probably a lot of other things that we could talk about, but those are the three big picture things that have come to mind. If you have any questions about this stuff, any questions for us, for John, for me that you want us to answer on the podcast, email your voice memo to Deborah at truelovedates.com. Also, so much of our story from dating on is in my book, True Love Dates, and then so much of the nitty gritty details of our marriage, um, what has worked for us and what we've learned along the way are in my books, Choosing Marriage, as well as my newest book, Love in Every Season. A lot of vulnerability, a lot of heart and soul um, went into those books. And, and you know, John, again, is behind the scenes. Like, I wouldn't be able to write this stuff if he wasn't there right by my side living it. So I love you, hon. It was so good to have you on the podcast. And hopefully this will be one of many appearances from this yeah, special guest. Maybe I'd we need to hire a babysitter. It. Thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> we should hire a babysitter. Let's go do something fun. Yeah, seriously. It was so good to chat with you guys today about all things love and relationships. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today. It was so fun to chat with you about love and relationships. No matter what your relationship status, if you're looking to go deeper with healthy relationships, I invite you to check out my books, True Love Dates, Choosing Marriage, or my brand new book, Love in Every Season. You can find out more information about those, as well as hundreds of articles and in-depth courses over at my blog, truelovedates.com. I love connecting with you. So please find me on Facebook or Instagram at True Love Dates and give me a shout out. If you have a love and relationship question on your mind, reach out to me at truelovedates.com slash love and relationships. If you're loving what you're hearing on this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us your five-star review because it makes all the difference in getting the word out. I'm Deborah Faleta, and it was so great being together again today, and I can't wait to chat with you next week. Take care. Take care.